Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our pastor, Brad Carrington. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that he has called you to do. In 2022, we feel like um, we need to take back some ground that was lost. So uh, the church worldwide lost ground in 2020 and 2021. And um, we were looking and we were praying at the end of last year and coming into 2022 that there were seven areas that we feel that the Lord was calling us to not only take back ground, but then to advance in these seven areas. So um, we're gonna talk about one of them today, uh, but the seven areas are supernatural lifestyle, that we as a church would operate in the power of the supernatural, signs, wonders, miracles, healings, prophecy, that it would not just be for the, the preacher or the prayer team, but it would be for all of us to operate in a supernatural lifestyle. Number two, that it would be an evangelism. Our, our job is to be light in the darkness, and I, I don't know that we as a church and we as a church corporately do a great job of, of sharing our faith and, and, and telling other people how amazing Jesus is. So we've got to do a better job in our evangelism, which then leads to the third thing, which would be our discipleship, that we as personal disciples, we would grow stronger in our faith, but also that we would disciple other people, that, that we would be mentoring new believers and encouraging them and strengthening them in your faith. And then uh, number four, that we would do a better job in advancing in the next generation with uh, children and toddlers and, and teenagers and uh, college age, young adults, that we would do a better job ministering to the next generation. The fifth area is in our finances. Uh, generally speaking, the church worldwide, especially the American church, sometimes we get this kind of orphaned poverty mentality when I think that our God is amazing, he is a loving father, he provides for his children, and we don't need to think like paupers. The sixth area is in world missions, that we would do the very best that we can do to um, take the gospel to every tribe, every tongue, every nation, and that we as a church, uh, that we personally and we as a church corporately would do more in world missions. The seventh area is in influence in our city, that we as, as, as Uncommon Church would do the very best we can to love on the mid-cities, on HEB and on this area. So uh, thank you to those of you that volunteered with Six Stones this weekend. I know the CPR project was this week, so if you volunteered with Six Stones, uh, then all of the credit and honor and thanks goes to you. Tomorrow, I will be praying at the uh, HEB uh, school district board meeting. I was invited to open and uh, do the prayer for that. So it's always good to just continue to build relationships with our community and, and love on and, and bless our community. So today, we're gonna be talking about discipleship. And, and it's both our personal discipleship and in how we are leading other people. So I just want to give a bit of a warning. Um, <laughs> you know how I do messages that a lot of other guys don't do? This is going to be one of those messages. This is going to be one of those messages. Oh, stop. You haven't heard it yet. <laughs> this is going to be one of those messages that you'll remember. And you're either going to love me and love this church and love this message or you're gonna hate it. Like you're either gonna fall more in love with Uncommon Church and plug in in deeper ways, or next Sunday you'll be visiting a new church to see if they tickle your tummy, because I'm not gonna tickle your tummy, is that okay? I know you'd like to have your tummy tickled, but that's not my job. Today we're gonna to be talking about spiritual authority. And most people hear that and they're like, oh yes, preacher, just we're in the authority of Jesus. So teach me about the importance of operating in the power and authority of Jesus. And I thought, maybe. But you can't live in authority until you first 
learn to live under authority. And we have a lot of people in the American church that are not living under spiritual authority. See, authority is a good thing. Authority is a God thing, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. I love authority. And I know that sounds strange in 2022, because we're, in our culture today, we're taught to resist authority. Why? Because the devil has deceived our culture. And this whole generation is questioning and suspicious of everybody in authority in our life. Please don't get me wrong. Obviously, there are some bad characters in politics, in government, in finance, in policing, in schools, in marriages. There's some bad people that have overstepped their authority and hurt people. Like, I get that. But that doesn't mean that we're going to be suspicious and judgmental and, and, and resist all authority. Just because there have been a few bad politicians and a few bad pastors and a few bad teachers and a few bad cops doesn't mean we throw all authority out the window. People have been abusing power since the book of Genesis, but yet God still calls us to live under authority. He knows that there's bad people, but he knows that 99.9% .9 are good people. They can be trusted, and we need to learn to surrender and submit to good authority. So just because there's bad authority doesn't mean God doesn't want us to live under good authority. It would be a lie of the devil to resist authority in your life. In fact, Isaiah says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Woe to those who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Woe to those who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. So I understand that in this day and age, it is popular to resist authority. But I'm telling you, whether you like it or not, authority is a good thing. And I personally like authority. I like good, political, healthy authority. I don't want to be in politics, so I'm glad when other honest men and women step up and serve our community, serve our state, serve our nation. I, I like when there's good cops. I, I like that there's men and women that are willing to risk their lives and protect law and order and protect the innocent in our community. I like authority. I like it when there's, there's people that, that serve on, on, on local boards and, and they're willing to, to do what it takes to protect in public offices, whether it's local, city, state, federal. I like authority in marriage. I like that Josie and I are submitted to each other. I, I like that, that, that we serve one another. You're wondering why I'm wearing a sweatshirt when it's supposed to be 86 degrees today. Because I love my wife. And she was putting on her sweatshirt and said, hey, can we match today? <laughs> and if you're visiting and you're like, oh, he's one of those cutesy guys that matches his wife. First time. But I'm submitted to my wife because I love authority. I love authority when I was a single person. It's not all about just being, you know, authority in marriage. I like, when, when you're a single person, you have this amazing opportunity to be under the authority of, of friends and people in your groups and your discipleship groups, that you're in a Christian community where iron is sharpening iron, and you're, you're having people that you're under authority to, but then you're also mentoring and discipling other people that look up to you. I like the authority of the church. I feel safe under good godly authority. I feel safe as a leader having other leaders underneath Josie and I that help to lead our community. I love authority when it's good and it's godly and it's spiritually healthy. Now this is where most people want to come, this whole message to come to a screeching halt because nobody wants to talk about spiritual authority because anybody who's over the age of 35 was a part of the church in the 90s and into the 2000s. I understand that for some reason Certain church leaders in the previous generation of church were extremely 
authoritative, way overstepped their bounds spiritually, were having authority in the flesh, and they burned a lot of people. So today in the church, we have way overcorrected the pendulum, and we're way over here in this ditch where the church has become the wild, wild west, and there is no spiritual authority because everybody's resisting spiritual authority because we're all cowards and spiritual babies. But this is the year, at least for our church, that we're going to advance, and we're going to have the tough conversations, and we're going to do the, the difficult things, and we're going to grow in all of these areas, including in spiritual authority. I am not going to let the devil win in this area because when a church has healthy spiritual authority, it, it, it provides a safe place for people to grow and thrive. It's a beautiful thing in the eyes of God when we have healthy authority, but it's the world that has tricked us and we will not respond the way the world responds to authority. See, authority is always meant to create a safe place for us to grow. Go back to the Garden of Eden. God creates this beautiful garden. He says, Adam, Eve, just go crazy. Have, multiply, enjoy, I will protect you, I will provide for you. I just have a few rules. But if you obey the rules of my authority, I'll take care of the rest. And then the devil comes in, just like he's in society right now, and he lies and he tries to twist God's authority. He says, listen, listen, Adam, Eve, you don't actually have to like be under God's authority. Don't you want to be just like God? So Adam and Eve tried to circumvent God's authority. Every time we circumvent God's authority, we lose. Amen. So I've said it before. Here's my little secret. I love authority. I love being under authority. I love that I have authority in my life. I love that I have authority in my marriage and that I am submitted to Josie and she's submitted to me. I love that I have the authority that I submit to, on, on, that we have a legal board in this church that looks out for our finances and looks out for our bylaws and looks out for the rules. I love that we have a apostolic oversight committee of pastors from outside of this church. They're, they're, they're my pastor, Josie's pastor. They make sure that we are under authority. I like that I am ordained with the Pentecostal Church of God and that I'm under the authority of the PCG. I like being a part of the Bethel Leaders Network, that Josie and I, we're under the authority of Bethel Church because we're a part of BLN. Adam and Eve should have stayed under God's authority and not bucked it. Here's why people don't like authority, and here's why we resist authority. In order to be under authority, you have to submit, either by will or by force. You have to submit to the person who you're putting in authority over you. You have to submit to your boss. In a relationship, whether it's a friendship or a dating relationship or a marriage, you have to submit in that relationship one to another. If the military needs to do something, we, we submit and we get out of the way and let them do their thing. If the police need to do something, we have to submit either by will, our choice, or against our will, we're gonna submit. The definition of submission is the act of accepting or yielding to a higher authority or the will of another person. Now, Americans, even better, Texans, our brains are designed, come and take it. We seceded once, we'll do it again. We, we have this thing in our Texas brains that think if we submit, it's our loss. That we're giving up our dignity, we're giving up our desire, we're giving up our will. But that's actually not true. Submission to healthy authority is the key that unlocks deep and rich power and safety and opens up doors for the future. 
And first of all, we need to define all authority, good authority, even bad authority, all authority comes from God. God is the one who reigns and rules over the universe. God is the one who, who sets the stars in the sky. All authority is submitted to God. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the church in Rome, and you have to put this letter in context. In context, <laughs> the Roman government was corrupt, and the people were bucking against the Roman government. Why? You know, because the Roman government was killing Christians for sport. Makes sense that they might try to fight against that system. But the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 13, everybody in the church needs to submit to the governing authorities because all authority comes from God. All authority comes from God. And the people that are in those positions of authority, God knows they're in those positions of authority. So anybody who rebels against authority is actually rebelling against what God has instituted. And then they'll be punished. All authority starts with God and trickles its way down. So when we submit to authority, we're actually submitting to God. Now, submitting to authority for us is really difficult, even in the church, in politics, whatever it looks like. It's difficult for us to submit to authority because our nature is to resist authority. But that's actually a childlike nature. It's, it's children that have this resistance to authority. True maturity and, and true spiritual maturity is measured not by our independence, but our dependence and our submission to authority in our lives. So the very nature of discipleship, we're talking about discipleship today, the very nature of discipleship is that we are in authority under a spiritual leader, and if we're doing discipleship in a healthy way, we're also in authority over people that we're mentoring. The funny thing is, you could be a part of a church, you could have a job, you could be in school, you could be on a sports team. You could think that you're submitted to authority until your will gets crossed with the person who you're in authority under. And they want to do something different. And it rubs you the wrong way. So you're like, hey, I think we should go right. And the person in authority says, hey, everybody, let's go left. That's when the test of authority, and if your heart is truly submitted to the authority or not. Because our submission to authority is not really an external thing. It's an inside job. It's an issue of the heart. So the leader says, let's go left. And you're like, See, we have a choice in that moment. Are we going to go left because we have to, because we're under authority? Or are we joyfully and willingly going to embrace the decision that our leader meant and go left and then make that our decision and not go, well, I told you so if it doesn't work out without grumbling, without complaining, without backbiting, without gossiping. Why? Because all authority comes from God. And some people are like, well, I, I know going left is the wrong decision. Yeah, but I know that God is big enough to make even a wrong decision turn out okay in your favor. Romans literally says, we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those that are called according to his purpose. And the, God loves you so much, he'll make a bad decision turn into a good decision, but not if you don't have your heart in the right place submitted to authority. Today we're going to talk about five areas that God has called us to submit to. Number one, God has called us to submit to God. Number two, God has called us to submit to our spouse. And if you're single, back to the Lord, because the Lord is your spouse. Number three, God has called us to live submitted to the government. God has called us to live submitted to our work or our school if we're a student. And God has called us to submit to spiritual authorities. Let's go back to number one. God has called us to submit to himself. Famous verse, everybody knows it. James chapter 4, 
Verse 7, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil, he will flee. Too many people want the devil to flee, but they don't want to submit fully to God. Can I paint to you the picture that Jesus painted? Because the disciples are following the boss, and they're like, hey, we're in. Whatever Jesus has got cooking, it smells good. I want, I want some of that. And Jesus is like, oh, you really want to you really roll with me? Matthew wrote it down here in chapter 16. Jesus said to the disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. Now just leave that verse up for a second. Roman crucifixion was the most brutal way of publicly embarrassing and then murdering somebody for a crime against the state. It was done outside the city on a city road where two crossroads would come together so everybody could see it. It was done where they would strip the prisoner naked and beat them and then nail them to a cross. Jesus was not the only prisoner to be crucified. It was common in those days that Rome wanted full authority over its citizens. And to do that, they would publicly mutilate people on a cross and, and tell them, if you disobey Rome, this is what's gonna happen to you. And Jesus says, hey, you really wanna follow me, guys? You gotta submit your way to my way. In fact, and I'll bet, he, I have to believe he was pointing at a cross and a body hanging on a cross. He said, I want you to take up your cross and then follow me. Verse 25, if you try to hang on to your life, you're gonna lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll find it. See, one of the problems that I feel like the American church has is we're trying to just do our thing, live our life, and then add a little bit of Jesus. We live in Texas, we go to church on Sunday, so we're just gonna add a little bit of Jesus. And if we don't feel like going to church, if they forecasted rain, if it's the week after Easter and I went last week, we're definitely not gonna go like all in on the Jesus thing. You're not fully submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You're a pretender, you're faking it, and the Lord says actually resist those people. No, Jesus loves everybody. He loves you, but he also resists you for your proud and hard heart. We are called to take up our cross, die to ourselves, and live for Jesus. The Apostle Paul said, I have to die daily for the Lord Jesus. Every day, I wake up, good morning, Apostle Paul. You look good today. I brushed my teeth, if they had toothbrushes back then, or I brushed my tooth, because they all fell out, I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna take up my cross and die for Jesus today. It is a daily decision that we have to make. And here's the thing, the Christian life, I find most people really struggle in their faith, they struggle in their heart, they struggle in their health, they struggle in their relationships, they struggle in their finances, because they're not fully surrendered to Jesus. And they make the Christian life extremely difficult simply because they won't fully surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. But I see in the lives of people in our church that are fully submitted to Jesus. They, they die daily, pick up their cross, and they love and follow Jesus all day, every day. Life is like fun and joyful and happy and wonderful for those people. So it's, it's easy if you do it right. It's very difficult if you do this thing wrong. Now, by the way, if you're here or you're watching online and you're not fully submitted to Jesus, that is number one, the most important thing you need to do is submit your life to the Lordship of Jesus. Ask him to forgive you of your sin, repent, turn 180 degrees away from your old way of living, surrender your life to the Lordship of Jesus, and make him the king of your heart. And you are his loyal subject and you'll do whatever he asks you to do. The second thing is to be baptized in water. 
these two children, a nine-year-old and a 10-year-old, gave their heart to Jesus last Sunday morning, and then today were baptized in water to make a public declaration of what God did in their heart. I've got people that have been in the church for 10, 15, 20 years that aren't as obedient and submitted to the Lordship of Jesus as these two children are. You need to be baptized in water if you have not ever had a meaningful baptism experience. And if you don't know what that means, you need to take growth track one, and I'll explain it to you. You can be baptized today, by the way, when we worship at the end of service. We've got shorts and t-shirts you can wear, and you can get baptized today and be fully submitted and surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus. Third, you need to actually grow strong in your faith. And the, one of the hugest keys to that is knowing the Bible, reading the Bible, studying the Bible, going to a group that teaches the Bible, listening to Bible podcasts. It is the bread of life, and most Christians are starving. To be fully surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus means to be fully submitted to the Lordship of the Word of God in your life. The fourth thing that we're called to do is to go into every tribe, tongue, and nation and proclaim the gospel, make disciples of all nations, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, so freely give it away to the world. People are dying out there, and we're just sitting on our blessed assurance, hoping that the remodel gets done quickly so we can have a brand new fancy building. Church has nothing to do with sheetrock and chairs and steel and paint. Church is taking the gospel of the Lordship of Jesus to our city and to the nations. A good disciple is under God's authority. A good disciple is not just growing as a disciple, but they're also discipling other people. Look at your life. Who did you encourage in the faith this week? Who did you reach out to? Who did you text? Who did you pray for? Who were you mentoring in their faith? And you might go, well, preacher, I'm, I'm new to Jesus. I just joined this church. I've only been a Christian for like a month or three or 20 years. I, I, I'm, I'm new to this. I remind you that the Samaritan woman at the well put her faith in Jesus and then 10 minutes later went back to the Samaritan village and told everybody what Jesus had done for her. And she had been a Christian for all of 10 minutes. Why? Because she was fully surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus. Number two, the second area that God calls us to be fully submitted and surrendered is in marriage. But before we deal with marriage, let me deal with single people. If you are a single people and you have been called by God to stay single, you are like the Apostle Paul. You know that God has called you to be single. You have a spouse. He is Jesus. He is the bridegroom. We are the bride. Even if you're a fella that has been called to be single. You are married to Jesus. So we should live our life fully surrendered to the authority of Jesus in our life. Now, if you're a single person and you know that God has called you to be married, that there is a spouse out there, and you probably, if everything you know, works out and your spouse isn't a coward and you know, running away from God, asks you out and you get married one day, you have a spouse, they're just not in your life yet. You, maybe you haven't met them yet. Maybe they're in this room. Look around. So obviously, until you're married, you're not yet submitted to that covenant relationship. But just because you are not yet submitted in marriage doesn't mean you can't honor and submit to your future spouse. Here's my question. Would your future spouse want you having sex with anybody else in the meantime? Probably not. Would your future spouse want you addicted to drugs, weed, alcohol, porn, food, video games? Oh, I threw video games in there? Yeah, because there's guys in their 20s here and there's a reason why they're not married yet. 
I'll just tell you something, fellas. Women are looking for men, not boys that shave. Get a real job. Let's move on. I was going to say, the Holy Spirit was like, don't, don't say the next thing. Let me ask you this, though, in line with that. Single people, you're going to get married one day. Would your future spouse want you to be in debt or financial trouble or have a minimum wage paying job? Your future spouse wants you to be working hard, working your way up the ladder, not being in debt. Would your future spouse want you to be a spiritual slacker, just doing the bare minimum to call yourself a Christian? Or would your, spiritual, would, would, would your future spouse want you spiritually strong and growing in your faith? Basically, single people, you need to run extremely hard after Jesus. And if you look to the left or the right and somebody can keep up with you, introduce yourself. But there's a reason why we have so many young women that are running as hard as they can for Jesus is because there's so many guys that can't keep up. I, probably, I just need to stop because I'm getting the single girls. All the single ladies. <laughs> Preach! We have an epidemic in the American church that young women are pursuing Jesus a lot harder than young men are. And the, the problem, at least in our church, is our young women are not going to lower their standard or lower their bar. All right, let's talk about married people. We are literally called by God to be submitted to one another in marriage. Now, here's where Texas fellows go, no, listen here, preacher. I, I don't know much, but I know this verse. The Bible says that my wife better submit to me because I'm the head of this house. Now, woman, you go make me dinner and bring me a beer. <laughs> that doesn't make you a godly husband. That makes you a jerk. Can I... I don't know if you know how this works, but I'm usually the one that likes to get the laughs around here. <laughs> you are quoting one small portion of a Bible verse. Can I give you the entire portion of the Bible verse? It comes from Ephesians chapter five, where a single man, the apostle Paul, is talking to married people. And he says in Ephesians chapter five and verse 21, furthermore, you need to submit one to another out of the reverence for Christ. Wives, this means to submit to your husbands as you submit to the Lord. And the fellows are like, yeah, keep reading. <laughs> Husband, you're the head of the house. Yeah, keep reading the same way that Christ is the head of the church. Huh? See, he is the savior of the body, the church. I knew I was a savior of something, my, my family. Keep reading. In the same way that the church submits to Christ, your wife is going to submit to the husband in everything. I told you, woman! Keep reading. Husbands, this means you are to love your wives in the same way that Jesus Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Skip down to verse 33. Again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself. The wife must respect her husband. See, fellas, I don't know if you picked it up right there a little bit. Wives only have to do two things, respect and submit. Husbands have to submit, love, and die for their wife. You want to be the head of your wife the way that Jesus is the head of the church? He loved his church so much, he gave up his life and died for her. 
Authority in marriage works kind of like an umbrella. Can I borrow that big black umbrella? It's kind of funny that I brought this today. I didn't know I would need it. (laughs) Authority works like this. When you give your heart to Jesus, fellas, especially men, you come under the authority of the lordship of Jesus. I kind of need a couple. Can you guys be my couple, Stoves? So Greg, the stairs are 27 miles over that way. Both of y'all run up here. So, so it's kind of like, because my wife's not here. She's like, where did Josie go? She's at DFW flying out. So she didn't think this was a good message, I guess. So she's like, I'm, how far away can I get? Greg, this is for you. Michelle, you don't get an umbrella right now. You're not under the, don't get under my umbrella, weirdo. That'll mess up the illustration. Okay. Greg gave his heart to Jesus. So he comes under the authority of the lordship of Jesus and under Greg. So Michelle comes in under Greg's authority. She is in right alignment under Jesus. She's in right alignment under her husband, but they have children. So mama has some authority here in this household too. So Greg has to hold his umbrella up high and then Michelle gets an umbrella that comes up under dad's umbrella. So then the the children, the three kids are under here and they're under the family, they're under dad, they're under God's umbrella. And if somebody comes out from underneath the Stowe family umbrella, they come out under, and they're open to attack because they're not under authority. Now, if the husband comes out from under, then both the wife and the kids are open to attack. And we've also seen it where the wife puts her umbrella down and then herself and the kids are under attack. So come on back under, under Greg, I felt better. If you're the head of your home, you wanna make sure that you're in full and correct alignment under the Holy Ghost. And this doesn't happen unless all of y'all's hearts are fully submitted to the Lordship of Jesus under the family umbrella, under dad's umbrella. He is the head of the house. But not in a jerky way, in like a protection way. So let me put it this way, thank you guys. Can you collapse those and just hold on to them for afterwards? Let me put it this way, husbands, Did you notice that we're supposed to love our wives? May I remind you what love is in case you've forgotten? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the apostle Paul says, love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous, love is not proud, love is not rude, love doesn't demand its own way, love is not irritable. Do I need to say that one again? Love is not irritable. Love keeps no records of being wronged. Love does not rejoice about injustice. Love rejoices whenever the truth wins. Love never gives up on a marriage. Love never loses faith. Love is always hopeful. Love endures through every circumstance. Husbands, if you've not been loving to your wife, then you're not truly being submitted to her or submitted to God. So what I want you to do is repent. Ask God to forgive you and ask your wife to forgive you. And then I want you to get with a brother in your you group and say, listen, I've been struggling to be loving to my wife. I've been a jerk to my wife. And I've asked God to forgive me and I've asked my wife to forgive me, but I also want to expose my heart and you're going to get a brother to help hold you accountable. You're like, well, I don't know any guys that could do that. That's because you're not in a, in a you group for men. You're not submitted to the spiritual authority of this house. You can do better. I'm not being mean. I'm just reading Bible scriptures to you and saying, I think you can do this. Ladies, You don't have to really love your husband because you naturally will, and the Apostle Paul knows that. But what the Apostle Paul knew is that you might struggle with submitting and you might also struggle with respecting your husband. So 
You have to speak life over your husband, both to his face and behind his back, even to your sister who lives in a different state. You don't get to call her and complain about your husband. That's dishonoring and disrespecting your husband, even though he doesn't hear it. You only speak, now that doesn't mean like you bow and scrape and you have to kiss his ring. It means you become his biggest cheerleader. It means you don't speak bad about him. Let me also give a big old side note. If your spouse right now is not living right, if they're not treating you right, and you know that you're right and they're wrong, don't rub it in their face. Let the Holy Spirit convict them of sin. Let this sermon convict them of sin. And if you can share this YouTube link and help them, hey, I thought this was a good message. I know you missed it because you were out doing your thing instead of our family's thing, which is church. Now, you don't need to jump all the way to divorce just because they went hunting instead of coming to church today. Like, whoa. But if you're in a situation where you're being physically abused, even emotionally abused or gaslighted, and this message is like opening your eyes and heart to realize how unhealthy your situation is, no, don't run to divorce, but I do want you to go live with your folks for a while or your grandma or somebody in the church. The pastor is telling people to get separated? Yeah. If, if someone's getting beaten, I absolutely, today, this afternoon, you and the kids need to get out of a situation where you're being physically, emotionally, sexually abused. Like today, get out of that situation. It might end in divorce, but that's not my desire. My desire would be repentance and restoration and forgiveness and grace and love and healing. But immediately, you need to get yourself and your kids safe. Whew, we gotta move quick. Let's do number three, submitting to the authority of the government. We read this scripture once before. I'm just gonna read the same scripture again. Romans chapter 13, everyone must submit to the governing authority because all authority comes from God. Those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Anyone who rebels against authority is actually rebelling against what God has instituted so they will be punished. Basically, obey the law. Honor our governmental leaders. And honoring leaders means we don't talk bad about them. We don't post bad about them on Facebook. We honor them because they're created in the image of God. We pay our taxes. We're humble and submitted to police. I know there's been a couple of bad cops, but like 99% are amazing men and women that are doing a very difficult job by trying to protect the peace and laws in our land. So yes, we, we, we humble ourselves to our cops. We thank them for their service. If you didn't know, Greg is a Euless police officer, so I had to say that, so. <laughs> you ever get behind Greg when he's driving? His personal car, not his squad car? He drives like somebody who's definitely not gonna get a ticket. <laughs> you didn't know I was behind you two weeks ago and he was like, Because if I get pulled over, I have a lot of explaining to do. If he gets pulled over, he just pulls out his badge and goes, what's up, Tom? <laughs> I almost, I don't know, it's a friend of his at the police station, shut up. There's no heckling of this church. Can I remind you in Romans chapter 13 that the Apostle Paul was talking to a church that was underneath a government that was killing Christians? So obeying the government doesn't mean you obey them if you voted for them. It means you just obey. It is my opinion that you always obey the law unless the law makes you do something that is against God's law. God's law is stronger, higher, better than man's law. 
But generally speaking, obey all the laws. There's no laws that are making you do anything against God's law. But as the end times get worse and worse, who knows? Obey God, also obey the law. Here's the funny thing about Christians. Christians are much more willing to submit to the authority of the government than they are to the Lord. See, we all stop at red lights. We all drive on the right-hand side of the road. We all pay our taxes. We all stay home from work and school when the government says you have to. But if God, if the preacher, if the Bible is like, yeah, you need to fully submit yourself to God. You need to like live holy. You need to worship passionately. You need to give generously. You need to support world missions. You need to serve on a team. You need to be involved in a U group. You're like, whoa, 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 Jesus, you're asking way too much. We're so much more willing to do what the government asks us to do than we are willing to submit to what God's asking us to do. That's sorry. Number four. We'll do this one quick too. Submit to the authority of your work or school if you're a student. Let's do students first. Students, just as the advice of an old guy, get as much as you possibly can out of school. It is such a brief season in your life. I know it seems like an eternity, but it's actually a really, really short season. It's just most of your life right now, so it seems like all you do is school. One day you're gonna look back and go, all I did was school and I have all this adulting to do. I'll also say this, you're not as smart as you think you are. <laughs> so you need to learn, and the parents are like, can I get an amen on that? You need to learn and absorb as much as you possibly can. Like, come early, stay late, ask questions, read all the books, do all your homework, have a good attitude. And if you're a believer in Jesus, you need to speak with honor about all of your teachers to their face, and behind their backs. Okay, same thing at work. If you have a job, come early, stay late, do a great job. Don't steal from your company by wasting time. That long story you told while you were on the clock at the break, not on break, but in the break room, but you were on the clock, you're stealing from your company because they're paying you to work. So you honor God by honoring your teachers and your bosses. The funny thing, the Apostle Paul, <laughs> he wrote a letter to some slaves in the church in Colossae. Now, slavery in the ancient world and slavery of what the Americans did to the Africans 250 years ago, it was different because that's, <laughs> here's the worst thing. Slave owners used verses like this to continue to do their terrible, awful, demonic abuse of people. Slaves in the ancient world, were, a lot of them were poor people that had no other options but to then indenture themselves to somebody. And they would work in somebody's household. But there's really very few, but there are of course some stories of people being beaten and abused. Basically they just worked for as an assistant or a cook or a maid or a, a, a worked in the fields. But here's a, a, a little letter that the Apostle Paul writes to Christians that were slaves. He said, hey, if you're a slave, obey your earthly master in everything you do. Try to please them all the time. Not just when your master's watching you, you should serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. So think about that as your job. You honor God by honoring your company. Number five, we are called to submit to the authority of the church, to submit to spiritual authority. In 1 Peter chapter five, Peter, who was an apostle, was giving all of these instructions to the church. And he actually starts with pastors and leaders of the church. And he says, basically, listen, 
the church is like a flock of sheep. And if you're going to be a leader, you're going to be a shepherd. And you better be a good shepherd because the good shepherd is Jesus. And the sheep belong to Jesus. So don't be a jerk shepherd. Be a good shepherd that reflects Jesus to your people. But then Peter turns his attention in verse 5 to the sheep. And he says, in the same way, when you're younger, submit yourself to the elders. All of you should clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud and he'll give favor to the humble. So humble yourselves under God's mighty hand that he might lift you up in due time. So in these verses from Peter, there's this huge warning. God opposes the proud. God opposes those that resist authority. God opposes those that resist spiritual authority. I don't ever want God to resist me in any area of my life. So I want every area of my life joyfully submitted to spiritual authority. Some people are like, dude, you're the pastor. Like, you're not submitted to anybody. I'm submitted to our board, and I'm submitted to our apostolic board, and I'm submitted to our denomination, and I'm submitted to Bethel Church because I'm a Bethel leader network. I have four levels of submission that I'm under. And verse 6 says we should humble ourselves under God's mighty hand. We're not just serving a you group leader or serving a dream team leader or serving an associate pastor or serving a lead pastor or serving a denomination. We're serving God. It's as if God is the one holding the umbrella. And when we submit to spiritual authority, we're coming under God's umbrella, umbrella, umbrella. <laughs> but here's the problem. So many Christians live outside of spiritual authority and they refuse to submit. And it might even be secretly in their heart but they're not fully submitted to the Lord and they're not fully submitted to the spiritual authority of the house. And here, we think that we're taking back control, but all we're doing is giving up control because we're trying to be selfishly independent of God's spiritual authority. So this is the part of the message that you're either gonna love or hate. I am drawing a line in the sand and I'm asking you to come across this line. Now, I, let me preface what I'm about to say with this. If you want to be an attender of this church, you're welcome to attend. You're welcome to sit and clap and sing and listen and go home for as long as we both shall live. But that's not what this church is designed to do. This church is designed for you to complete growth track, become a member, join a team that serves, and get involved in a you group that will help you in your discipleship. And if you won't come under the authority of Uncommon Church, and you won't come under the authority of Brad and Josie as your pastors, you're just an attender. And I'm asking you to stop attending and be fully submitted to the spiritual authority of this house. And if you can't or won't do it here, please go to another church and fully submit to the spiritual authority of some church. You can't just sit in the stands and watch what happens on the field. I'm calling you out of the stands, not to the sidelines, but to get on the field and serve and work and do what God's called us to do. When 2020 hit, we lost ground because so many people got freaked out and they pushed away. I'm like, I can't be an usher. I can't serve in the tech booth. I can't be on the worship team. I can't help in our kids. I can't welcome people. It's been two and a half years or two years and change. Tell me again why you're not serving, but you're still here. Because everybody else got back to work and we're waiting on you. You're like, why is he being so mad? 
I'm not. I love you. And I want what's best for you. I love you so much, I'm willing to call you out of the stands to get onto the field because that's what you were created for. Somebody got mad at me for teaching on tithing a couple of months ago. I don't teach on tithing because I want you to like, you gotta give to God. It's because I love you. And I know that when we submit our finances to the Lord, we open up a window that God can bless us. I love you so much, I'm willing to tell you the truth. And the truth is, you need to be a member of a church and serve in that church. Whether it's this church or another church, well, I don't like this church, I'm leaving. Fine, I don't, go somewhere where you will become a member, where you will serve, where you will submit to spiritual authority. Get involved in a U group. Stop watching online because you were called to sit in this building. Well, COVID, have you been to Tarrant County's COVID website on the health department? I have, yesterday. Do you know how much COVID there is in Tarrant County right now? Zero percent. Well, it was a big spike in January. Ask yourself, was that spike in January COVID-19 or COVID-22? Because in COVID-19, people died and they lost their sense of taste and they lost their feeling in their legs. And like, it was brutal. What happened in January, like look at the death numbers. Very few people died in January. Most people had a cold for three days. I think it was unwise for the media to tell us that what happened in January was COVID-19. Because when you compare the statistics four months later, it wasn't. What happened in 19 and 20 into 21 was awful. What happened in January was a nasty cold swept America. So I'm not gonna give in to fear anymore. I'm way off my notes and everybody wants me to get back on the teleprompter. My wife's not even here and she's willing me to get back on the teleprompter. I know this is tough, but my job is not to like tickle your tummy. My job is to call you to the great things that you were called to do. At Uncommon Church, every member is a minister of the gospel. You are a minister of the gospel. You have been called by God to be a light in the darkness. So my job is to equip the bride to be without spot or wrinkle and to keep the bride's lamps full and waiting for the return of Jesus. I don't know if these are the end times, but I'm gonna preach as if they are. For 2,000 years, every pastor thought it was the end times. Just in case this is, I'm gonna equip you. And so often people run from authority. They even run from good authority because they don't like what their leaders are asking them or encouraging them to do. But it's kind of like a, a, a parent who's like, eat your vegetables. You're like, no! Like, you, you're gonna eat those vegetables. One, why? Because a parent's job is to teach, train, disciple, discipline. And a loving parent does so in a loving way because we're calling our children to greatness. Or the coach is like, you better run harder, you better work harder, you better shoot more, you better hit harder. Because why? The coach is calling out greatness. I want what's best for you. It's why I'm doing this whole thing today. Well, I don't like the way the pastor spoke to me. I don't really care. Like I don't. I didn't get into this so everybody would like me. I get into this so that you would get to heaven and everybody in your world would get to heaven. All right, hop up on your feet. Let's crash land this plane. We should embrace authority in our life. We should embrace spiritual authority. I don't like when you step on my toes. We should embrace toe-stepping. If, if, if I ask my mom and my stepdad, if I ask 
the bishop at the PCG, if I asked the men that serve on our board to step on my toes, I would be wise because I know they love me and they're calling me to a higher level. Don't run away from spiritual authority. Run to it. And like, well, I just feel this pressure. Yeah, when coal is pressed really hard, it turns into a diamond. There's greatness inside of you. And so many people, the moment that things get tough, they run. I'm asking you to run into the teeth of authority. Who do you think you are? You can tell me what to do. You're out from underneath the umbrella. So as long as you're out there, you might as well just go to a different church or get right back under this umbrella. But you're in a dangerous place right now. And some people are like, well, listen, you don't understand the pain that I've been through, the hurt that I've been through. Jesus was betrayed by Judas, and yet a few hours later, died on a cross for Judas. Like, I understand that you probably got hurt in a marriage. You got hurt by an abusive boss. You got hurt. Well, take, take work for an example. You had a terrible boss. He used to cuss you and ride you and quit that job. Good. But are you just sitting at home not working and starving to death, or did you go get another job? Like, just because you had a tough marriage, just because you had a bad pastor, doesn't mean you get to just run away and be mad all the time. You need to forgive. Forgive your terrible boss. Forgive that spouse. Forgive that friend that hurt you. Forgive that preacher that hurt you. Well, pastor, you don't understand because you're the pastor. Dude, I remind you, I've worked for three churches in my life. All three lead pastors fell into sexual sin or are no longer in ministry. That tells you, don't let me work for your church. That's not, that's not what that tells you. That tells you that it breaks my heart every time I find out that a, a brother in arms fell. It breaks my heart. But that doesn't mean that I'm gonna fall into sexual sin. It doesn't mean I'm gonna quit the ministry. I forgive and I move on. So if you've been hurt in work, hurt by police, hurt in a church, hurt in a marriage, forgive, release them of that debt and move on. If you're a part of this church and you've been attending, Growth Track One is next Sunday. I want you to take Growth Track become a member of this church and serve on a team. If you've been a part of this church and not serving on a team or haven't been serving on a team in a while, guess what? You get to become on a team today. Uncommonchurch.tv forward slash ministries. On the right-hand side, click on Dream Teams and fill out the application to join a team today. Final thought. You're like, dude, that's your third final thought. When you live under authoritarianism, it's oppressive. It destroys creativity and puts you in a box. But when you live under healthy, encouraging, loving, spirit-filled authority, it brings you peace, it brings you joy, it brings you hope, it helps you to dare to dream because there's a safe place. Even when you make mistakes, you're gonna fail forward. So by submitting to authority, it's a choice. God gave us all a free will. God gave Adam and Eve a free will. I'm encouraging you to choose wisely. Don't wait for the perfect leader to come along to submit to. You're not perfect, so why do you expect those in authority over you to be perfect? You guys get that I'm not perfect, right? You hear me preach every week? There's I love when people send me emails and they tell me about other pastors that do it better than I do. Like, you don't think I know that? That doesn't mean I'm gonna quit just because there's somebody that does it a lot better than me. The people that you submit to don't have to be perfect because you're not perfect. Speaking of perfect, the only one that's perfect is Jesus. Let's go back to number one. 
God says that we are called to submit to the Lordship of Jesus. If you're here this morning and you're not fully submitted to Jesus, church, work, school, serving on a team, all of that is a distant second to being submitted to Jesus. If you've been visiting this church for any length of time, if you've been listening, you've been watching online, and you've been resisting praying that prayer with me and raising your hand and getting right with the Lord, screwing in a light bulb, today is your day. I want you to be fully submitted. I want you to die to your old life, take up your cross, get baptized in water, make a public declaration of what God's done on the inside. Today is your day to do so. With every head up and every eye open. Last week at Easter, you let us close our eyes. Yeah, but Jesus hung naked on a cross in front of all of Jerusalem. The least we can do is get right with God. If you're here this morning and you're not right with God, you're not fully surrendered to the Lord Jesus, this might be the first time you've ever prayed this prayer, might be the first time in a long time. I want you to surrender your heart to Jesus. I can lead you in a prayer, but I cannot pray it for you. You've got to believe it in your heart, but I'll help you. Even you that are watching at home online, I was rough on you online people, wasn't I? I love you. If you're sitting at home, you're sitting in your car, you're sitting in bed, you're listening to this podcast, right there between you and God, if you're not right with him, I'll lead you in a prayer, but I wanna know who I'm praying for. So even right there in your living room, right there a year from now, I want you to raise your hand. If you're here in this room this morning and you're not right with God and you need to fully surrender to God, take up your cross and follow Jesus, would you shoot your hand up real high and say, preacher, pray for me. Today's my day to get right with God. Right here in front of God and everybody, I'm gonna shoot my hand up, pray that prayer and get right with God. I see your hand is over there. Is there anybody else? Shoot your hand up. Say, today's my day. Good. Yay, God. For the sake of the one and for the sake of you that are watching right there with tears rolling down your face in your living room, why don't we all pray this together? If you believe it in your heart, pray it out loud. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I died in my old life. I take up my cross and follow you. I receive the gift of eternal life. Jesus, be the king of my heart. I will fully submit to your authority. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for adopting me. Help me, Lord, to live for you, to live fully submitted to you. In Jesus' name, say amen if you agree. Hey, for the one, for you at home online, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I really am. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.